Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we go, back again, last episode of 2020, a crazy 2020 of uh, Ticket to Gamehenge. Um, yeah, as always, lots, lots to talk about. We're going to get into uh, 2020 and what it's been all about, despite the fact there has been no tour, a few shows in Mexico at the beginning of the year, and a little Oysterhead tour and some tab shows back in January, uh, which I guess is a lot, really, in two and a half months. Um, despite not having fish tour, uh, a ton of content, material, and stuff to talk about all year long. Um, I want to open with a quick little thing, though. Coming back to last week, we were talking about uh, the newest live fish released, uh, Bozeman 11-28-94. And uh, typically, I would listen to that the day of our recording of the podcast, but I didn't for whatever reason. So I changed it up, and I listened to it, uh, I guess, over the weekend. Um, And I guess the one thing was on my way into work one morning, very early, very early, like, you know, we're talking... 5.30 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., I listened to the long tweezer, the 44-minute tweezer. And my drive is about 50 minutes, but this time of year, nobody was on the road. So it was pretty much my entire drive. And I was really jacked up listening to it. Like it's, uh, I typically yeah. listen to something more like a podcast or talk radio in the morning. But yeah, it really, really got me going um, on what is typically work-wise my least favorite day of the year, the 27th of December. I work in retail. It's when all the returns and exchanges and issues begin. Um, so it kind of got me off to a great start. And then I texted my wife, as I always do when I get to work, that, hey, I arrived safely. And I told her that I listened to the 44-minute tweezer. And she gave me like a face like, wah, wah. Like, why would you do that is kind of what I interpreted it as. And I talked about my other favorite tweezers. And she gave me the same emoji back, which I thought, okay, um, working backwards there. But that's okay. She's going to be sitting in here with me on New Year's Eve watching the show she might have a book in her hand but uh okay, first, gonna... first of all who i don't text my wife on what tweezers are my favorite i don't know what you're doing and my wife likes the band yeah so it's all it's yeah it, it, <laughs> I, I guess if you know me it, it's, it's me being a little bit silly knowing full well i i didn't like her reaction didn't surprise me at all i wasn't shocked and offended or anything it's kind of what i was poking at um yeah. i tend to i tend to do that so it's not like i was upset or anything uh, but the thing that was interesting uh, for me with this show was I didn't get back to it until the following day on my way home. And uh, about 10 minutes in the, into the drive, uh, the show ended with the tweezer reprise, which I always like to call the tweezer repriser. That's just my pet, oh, <laughs> pet name for oh, the tweezer. And that's, I mean, apart from Karini, I don't know of another tune that gets me as fired up as that one does. The difference is, is that 99 times out of 100, I know it's coming, right? Because it follows a tweezer from earlier in the show and almost always uh, um, closes out the show. So what was weird was I ended 112894 from Bozeman, which ended in the tweezer repriser. And then I jumped back into the early part of 2010. And I started uh, June, June 19th of 2010. And it opened... It opens with tweezer repriser. So I'm like, but for a couple seconds, I was really confused because I thought that I had just hit play again on the last track that I had just finished listening to because I'm not wired to have a fish show open with that song. 
So I thought I had made a mistake. So then I have to tap the thing, which reveals the entire set list to, to realize, oh, I am on the right show. And then I kind of backed up a set, second and got posthumously excited when I realized after about a minute of fidgeting that they had opened a show with that song. Exactly. All by myself in the car while driving in the middle of nowhere in the Canadian countryside. Like it was that just couldn't have been the, that couldn't have been the right answer that they opened with the the tweezer. I'm gonna start calling it the repriser now too. I like that. Yeah, but um, and then they bookended the show with which I just finished listening to on the way home. I I, I kind of rushed down here this morning. Um, Megan had booked an online grocery pickup between nine and ten, and also asked me to pick up a thing at a store. And that's become the thing that my oldest daughter and I do is we go out for an hour in the car, whatever, and we go get groceries and we, you know, talk about all the things that we're seeing. I take the long way, drive through the countryside and see the horses and that sort of stuff. Um, so I was rushing to get down here. So they did bookend the show with it. But a, a cool little uh, great thing for me that happened this morning. Um, we turned the car off while waiting for the groceries to come and we're sitting there talking for a couple minutes, right? Just trying to save, just not wanting to run idle. And uh, after a few minutes, Grace goes, daddy, can you put the fish music back on? And I was just like, Fuck, yes. I don't know if it's brainwashing. The family. <laughs> yes. And again, she doesn't, I mean, I mean she's four and a half, but um, it felt really, really good to hear it. Uh, so, that was, so that was nice. Um, why don't we, yeah, let's back it up. Let's back it up a step. It's the 29th of December. Uh, this would typically kick off a three or four day New Year's run from Fish. Um, yep. Not happening this year, of course, but uh, Mr. Nostradamus over there, <laughs> Cratiodamus, I don't know if I should start calling you that, called it. And, and you didn't just call it like a week ago. You called this, I don't know, a month or two ago when we started to hypothesize about New Year's. And I, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, New Year's well, Eve '95. All we need to have happen now is some magical, magical set break announcement that involves some type of live music, and I would have called the New Year's show. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I kind of made a note because I saw your email that you put out this morning, and you know, as soon as they announced it, I was like, "Fuck, he called it." Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's just coincidence, but thinking back to when, um, back in the, I think early October, mid-October, I posted uh, top three Halloween sets, right? And the top three, based amongst, amongst all the people that voted and kind of said what they said, the top three sets happened to be the three sets that they showed on Dinner and a Movie for Halloween. Um, so maybe somebody's listening out there. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe somebody is. Uh, but really, really excited for it. I mean, New Year's Eve 95, obviously, it's a show uh, most of us have heard, but to be able to see it and to relive it. And um, I'm still not quite fully understanding what they're going to be doing in terms of the chess game with the audience and, and, and how that's going to work with the audience chess moves. I could see how they can, the, the four of them can collaboratively you know, decide on what the move is going to be. Uh, but I'm really curious to see how that pans out. What thoughts? Yeah, so I think number one, they someone is always listening. Whether somebody cares or they're going to do something on what they hear is a different story. Sure. Um, sure. You know, but I think I mean I, I don't know. I think this year proves that uh, Fish understands their fans and uh, you know and what they like. Now, in terms of the chess thing, I think I can offer some insight. It's just going to be a vote. You know, I think you'll right. okay. 
you'll have the opportunity, you need to log on to, to chess.com and, and get set up. And I think you have the opportunity to, to put moves forward and whoever votes for the most, you know, will win. And then right. that's the, the audience will make, probably like how they used to do it back when they actually played, you know, a little bit before my time in terms of uh, getting into fish 95. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and I think that's how they do it on chess.com when like Grant, like when Magnus plays like, you know, the world or whatever, that's how they do it. Right. Gotcha. It's interesting. I, um, yeah, I, I, I think I'll, why wouldn't I sign up and log on at least like just to watch the match? I understand chess. I personally, uh, hate playing it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, it's, it's the, it's the competitive nature in me. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but we grew up like together playing sports and being competitive and being on good teams for the most part, you know, and although it's, you know, elementary school and high school, we won championships on virtually every team that we were part of, or were in the running for a championship. We very rarely sucked. And um, when we would lose, we would lose as a team. Right. And it would, you know, it would suck, but you could share that with somebody. When I lose at chess, right, you have nobody to blame but yourself. And when you view yourself as an intelligent person, and I'm the first one to admit I have a bit of a, of a superiority complex, which I'm actively trying to work on, I get so angry when being defeated over things like that, that I, that I tend to stay away. I, I think it's a great game and I love it. And I love uh, things about chess and anything. I haven't watched the Queen's Gambit yet, but anything that I've seen about chess or whatever, find incredibly fascinating um, and, and people that are into it. And yeah, I think it's a great game. I just, it's not for me. So I think I'll be um, a lurker more than anything, but uh, you know, I think it'd be cool. I, I, I think it's, I think it's a great way to engage the fans, a 25 year anniversary of, what would we can only be described as probably a monumental show. I mean, the first of how many New Year's gigs at Madison Square Garden. It's great. I think uh, it's funny to learn that about you. It's actually why I like chess because there is there are no excuses. You just got right, beat, right. Yep, yep. Um, and I I don't know, man. I like I like losing. You know, I there I think there's certain parts of me that like when things don't go well, I I get fired sure. up. I, you know, and, and pissed off enough to be like, oh yeah, I'll show you. Um, I just hope nobody did, cheats. Yes. You know, I hope nobody cheats. I hope Trey's not consulting uh, Alpha Zero, you know, on the back end. <laughs> What's Alpha Zero? So Alpha Zero, so what they're doing now is um, they're teaching computers, like they're using the neural networks. Right. And Alpha Zero is one that Google created that, uh, that plays the best chess. Really? So, well, yeah, what they have is they have, uh, it's called the TCEC, the Top Chess Engines World Championship. Okay. And, uh, and Alpha Zero is like the champion, like hmm. not even close. Like all the other engines can't even touch Alpha Zero. Really? Well, yeah. I wonder if Trey has access. I'm a, bit of, knows somebody. I'm a bit of a chess nerd. So. So, so how often do you play? Whenever I have like free time, like whenever I like... Okay. You know, have like five or ten minutes. You know, and and you just play online, or do you yeah. actually play with somebody you know? Online, I play with my uncle. I prefer playing it in person. I'm a terrible player. Like I don't want to invest anymore. I have enough things to invest my time into that I like to do versus playing chess. But it's a nice game. Sure. You know, hmm. Hmm. interesting. It's hmm. not as um, you know. I think it gets overstated. Like I think 
you know, like back, like during the Cold War, the Soviets, I mean, this is really like really nerdy now, but like the Soviet yeah. Union thought that like they wanted to dominate the world, right? So they viewed chess as like an intellectual game. Right. So they were the first country to, uh, to have chess academies and to like recruit like little kids into like academies, like how they did for athletes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they were the first country to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know where I'm um, well, just about, well, I think you said that it's a bit overstated in terms of how important it really is, right? Like it's a, like, it's, it, I think it's supposed to be a game, but it's been made out to be much more than that. Right? Yeah. It's more, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, it's more like, well, if, if, if he does this, then, you know, like people think you have to calculate all these things, but it's really not, you know, you don't think about it like that. Like that's how computers play chess, right? Computers play chess by like calculating every move to the end. Right. Every single time. Mm -hmm. Whereas a human can't think like that. Mm -hmm. But can the top players think, like obviously they're thinking multiple moves ahead and they're thinking of their strategy and what they're trying to do. Is it just a matter of how many steps ahead they can calculate? It's both. You don't always have to calculate, right? Sometimes it's just about placing your piece in the best position. Okay. Right. And like you can understand, like it, it's, I mean, everything's revealed, right? If you miss something, then you just didn't think it through. But it's not like, you know, sometimes like it's it's hard to explain. It's it is a lot of calculating, but at, you know, sometimes during the phases, it's just about getting your pieces in the right order, like in the right place to cause them about positioning more than anything else. Gotcha. Every move need not every move needs to be so calculated. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. Are there any metaphors or comparable things to music like that in terms of the planning and, and the, and the what ifs as, as in playing with other players, if they do this, then I'll do that. Is there anything to be um, connected well, I, there? Yeah, it I, I would, I would, um, for me personally, I would, uh, maybe because I'm just newer to it, but I think thinking about music is a lot harder and, and, and cause it's endless possibility with music, right? With chess, uh, it's a finite goal, right? Mm -hmm. That's why computers can play chess. You know, that's why it works really well with neural networks because there's a finite goal. You got to capture the king. Right. Computers will never write music because it's impossible to do. There's endless possibilities. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it'll be interesting to, to watch. And I, I don't know if there'll be, there'll be time to do more than one match, I guess, if a match ends quickly they would just do it again i mean i don't know i guess it mean, depends on the time format right i think we, oh, okay. I, think, I think we have five minutes per move i was i was reading okay but obviously there's the chance that even if that's the case it doesn't take the entire night for the match to end like if it like if i mean if the show starts at 8 30 and let's say the first match ends at 10 o'clock or after 10 i reckon they'd go again no i don't you're asking the wrong guy but i mean like sometimes okay. yeah. you know matches can last like hundreds of moves right Right, 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 right. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Either way, I think it's creative. It's interesting. I really like the little video that they put out and talked about. Like, you know, it's clever. Uh, you know, definitely some effort being put out there. So, um, yeah, if we get something live and real in uh, a 2020 or early 2021, you know, if it's just after midnight or whatever, that'd be awesome. It'd be great. That's something that's totally worth staying up for. I'm going to have to get something. I'm going to have to sleep in really late that day to make sure I make it because my body's just wired to give out at 1030 at the latest. Even last <laughs> night, I tried. Well, you're the one that's like, I stay up. That's my late night where I stay up late. 
Yeah, but but I'm not home though. So what happens there is I'm at my store till about 11 p.m. and then I drive home. I'm home at midnight and I'm wired, right? I like I'm you know I was just after the drive and I was working and I'm chasing meth heads out of my store all night. So um, not every night, but I'll tell you, man. Oh God, I had this guy come in the other night and he was like a lot of involuntary movements and kind of reminded me of a wook in a parking lot at a fish show. <laughs> so yes. anyway yes yes i finally got to use it in a sentence i uh i'm just going to put it out there i i'd seen the term wook put out there many many times and i guess without looking into it over the various posts and context of it i had a bit of an image as to what it was yeah. i was under the impression based on everything that i was seeing the physical description kind of matched what i read but i was thinking more of like a newer 3.0 fan i think that that's just in the context i thought people that were kind of new to fish were being labeled as wooks but in reality it's just more of a a, a lot a lot lizard who kind of just tramps from show to show and i guess in some people's minds that are outside of the fish circle would be a stereotypical hippie that travels from show to show with fish or the dead but in reality um i think when you go to fish show you don't see many people that fit that description although you do i'm reminded of my first show uh in 2000 you kind of prepped me for it you, you told me i was going to see some characters that uh, i maybe had never seen before and the thing that blew me away more than anything on that night was when we were all hanging out in the assigned seats where everybody had paid their ticket to be and uh, when the show started, most of the people left their seats and went into the aisles and the and the big walkways and just started dancing and jamming as if it was general admission anyway. And I was like, what the hell is going on? We were lonely in our seats for the most part. We had all the room in the world to do what we wanted to do. And I, yeah, it's the only band I've ever seen where that happened. But unfortunately, I, I think uh, I think we've seen the end to that. You know, in right. twenty. I think the price of admission is far too expensive, um, you know, and it's unfortunate. I, it's, I think that whole scene has, has kind of come to an end, you know, with like people just showing up to be like, I'm here to party. Uh, mm. I know that this, you know, I know what this band represents. I'm, you know, I, I know what happens in the parking lot to mm -hmm. the, the whole thing. I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think that's slowly gonna, you know, come to an end. You don't think it could slowly come back after dwindling over I mean, time? I think that would be awesome. I think that's part, times, of, right? I think that's part of the fun, you know, is, yeah. it, is that type of thing. I think, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I can, mean, I can't predict the future. Clearly, I can predict what songs or what sets get released for New Year's, but I can't. Uh, it's too bad, man. That's fun. That's, that's the type of stuff that you remember. You're like, hey, remember that? That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or will we just innovate and create new fun as people do, right? 100%. You know, 100%. it's like jobs. You know, when the automation comes, people assume that it's going to eliminate jobs. No, we create new jobs. We, we innovate. Yeah, people get by. I hear it all the time, man. Who's going to repair the machines? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, we're never, it's just, that's just, we're getting started. That's just stuff politicians say to get reelected because they're going to create jobs for us. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Totes. Um, hey, speaking of, of, uh, of surprises or being able to call it, uh, it was a nice little uh, surprise on Christmas Eve to get that uh, little six song, 45 minute set from Train Page. Oh. Sounded great, huh? Did you listen to it? I assume you have. So nice. I've listened to it like 30 times, man. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Screaming Coil. Um, gotta, be, gotta be my top 25 of the fishiest fish songs. That's uh, a good one.
<laughs> like it's just, yeah, I love it. I love uh, my favorite part of that song when they transition into, and I don't know the musical terminology, but Trey holds down a sustained note for, for mm -hmm. a pretty long time and then goes up. And again, to me, it sounds like 1980s video game music. Oftentimes when I hear that, like I just conquered Contra, but it, yeah. Yeah, I told you that a few weeks ago that there, there, are, there are certain songs that, that, that he wrote in uh, uh, 87, 88, 89, where they really kind of formed and became their thing, where I, I compare it to Nintendo video game music at times. At times, it sounds like Japanese <laughs> video game music. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get some specific sections and send yeah. them to you. And uh, maybe we can talk about it, but may maybe it's just what I'm interpreting, or maybe it's something that I'm projecting. Oh, dude, you're not wrong. <laughs> like you hear what you hear. I just, I, I just find it interesting. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Even there's parts of Divided Sky that remind me of that. Um, and speaking of which, it was interesting in the uh, Bozeman show to hear uh, a couple things. Um, the lyrics in Divided Sky, how they've evolved a little bit since then, uh, yeah. and how different Gaiuti was. Oh, I always yeah. thought that Gaiuti came out in 95, 96. I, I didn't realize that it uh, was a 94 song. Um, I, had the same, uh, I had the same reaction when they played it. I was like, oh man, how old is this song? Yeah. And, uh, you know, to hear, I mean, again, I don't play, but um, for the most part to me, it sounded like the guitar and bass were pretty consistent to the current version. But I found that the drums and the keys were very, very different, which really shaped the song in a different uh, way. Just um, yeah, I don't know if that was that was the debut or what, but I forgot to look that up. I meant to, um, but that was a really really good show, you know, listen to to go back twenty five years, really good. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about twenty twenty. I don't know if I have enough time to talk about all of twenty twenty, but um, yeah, when I think back on it, it's been it's been a lot that's happened this year. I mean, COVID aside, obviously it dictated a, a lot of what's happened, but the amount of content that was put out, like I was I was thinking about it uh, this morning. Um, so you've got, yeah, open with uh, tab shows and the the four day Mexico trip, which would yep. have been great to go to. Obviously, the last official fish shows. Um, Oysterhead made a nice little comeback again, and that was awesome to see. Um, we got tickets. Right? We were all booked in to go to Hershey in August for the two nights. Uh, good seats too. Was really excited about that. Um, but hey, they still hold up for for next year. We'll see. Um, and then you've got Sigma Oasis it comes out on April Fool's Day, which well kind of thought was a, we didn't know what was going to happen that night. Remember, like they they did the 9 p.m. debut on YouTube, um, and I remember listening to it and here going, "Wow, this is a brand new album. I've heard every single song. That's <laughs> the best, the best debut song in 2011. Put it on an album in 2020. Good for you." Um, well, it's yeah, funny, that's great. Because if we would have if we if we would have got into Fish sooner. Right, then yeah. we would have known that like they've been playing these songs live, you know, like yeah. when Story of a Ghost came out, everyone knew the songs. Yeah, the farmhouse yeah. was foregone, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. and that's happened a few times with Dave over the years, but but not that amount of time. It's the type of thing, like say in 2004, they would debut a bunch of new songs and they would be on the 2005 album, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that's how they would kind of build their albums mostly each year, they bring a few new ones within a couple of years. They, they toss them on and some new songs but um yeah and then you add the lonely trip the trey solo album that he recorded at home uh which was awesome you've got uh, uh noon 
yeah, Mike Gordon and, and right. Um, the Tab Live album, Burn It Down. Yep. Like whole the 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 eight weeks Beacon Jams. Um, September seventeenth, a day that will go down in history, the day that Ticket to Gamehenge debuted on the podcast uh, networks. Um, yeah, a lot this year when I think about it, and um, you know we talked about it a lot. Uh, staying in touch with the fans. Oh, and dinner in a movie. Didn't even mention dinner in a movie. Holy shit! Every week for over the spring and summer, and then to I just put a line on the pillow with my pen, um, <laughs> moving my arms around while talking. Oh yeah. No, she won't. I'll just give her an opportunity to use her uh, amazing cleaning products that she loves so much. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. I what's, say your that. favorite, uh, what's your favorite dinner in a movie? That's a good question. Got to be the one, I forget the date, but the uh, Game Hen show from 94. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, that one was really, really good. I like the Halloween stuff. That was awesome. Um, Halloween was actually my, my least favorite one. Different kind of feeling, right? Like it's a, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, different kind of vibe. Um, and, uh, and Game Hedge and Mansfield were my favorite. Yeah. Um, sorry, although. Sorry, Mansfield was Game Hedge. Um, uh, Game Hedge and Deer Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Deer Creek was really, really good. Um, what was I just about to say? Uh, do, 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 do. Although, yeah, although um, already already have it, Magna Ball, the set that you know the show they showed to Magna Ball was oh, really good. Magna Ball was awesome. Yeah, really, really good. And yeah, hopefully it, it'll just continue. I mean, there'll be one at the end of January or whatever. I mean, I really hope it continues into 2021. No announcement saying otherwise. Um, I would anything prefer, I, would, I would prefer no dinner in a movie and just some live actual live fish well yeah if it's either or 100 percent. but if there's not going to be live fish then we'll see and i suppose the next few months are really going to be critical in order to see if there's a tour i mean i mean they probably won't announce it until you know april may once they really have a good idea because uh, the first dates were when june june or july like we weren't going to be going until august so we had, was, uh, Rochelle and I had tickets for the Gorge, and I think because they start on the West Coast, that was early. So yeah, I think it's sort of, a lot. Right. So there's still some time. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. I mean, hopefully we can all behave and do what we need to do. But even then, who knows how much that's going to change, to your point earlier, right? Like, it's, uh, it's going to be different. But it's going to be great. Well, we'll see about that, how great it's going to be. <laughs> it'll definitely be different. Well, the music will be great. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, it'll be different. It'll be, you know, Fish 3.1. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I think we can enjoy it. Any other predictions for 2021? What about, uh, like, new material, new content, anything like that? I mean, they're, they're obviously still very prolific and still writing. I mean, he was debuting new songs during during the Beacon Jams. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know what their – I don't know what their process is. You know, like the only thing that we have to go on is in the trade documentary when he brought like Soul Planet to each of them, right? I don't know how accurate that is in terms of like how they get yeah. together to collaborate on music versus what actually happens or like does it happen at rehearsal or like how does this actually go down? I don't know if there's anything, I haven't read anything or heard anything about that. You know, it, it seems yeah. like it's very, uh, very quiet. So it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah, well, traditionally, um, I know not for everything, but from what I've kind of learned through different media, I guess you could say, uh, uh, Trey, uh, Tom, and Scott will go away for a weekend. 
I started to watch, I meant to send it to you. I just randomly one day um, YouTube Trey Anastasio interview. And I found an interview that he did uh, the end. What was the year he toured with the dead? Was it 2016? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, so it was at the end of that year. He sat down with somebody for the New Yorker for an hour and a half. And I got about halfway into it and I haven't gone back to look at it and really great interview. If you want to check it out, I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. Um, but they, he, he, he asked Trey about process about, um, you know, uh, and, and, and he said, you know, it, it's never the exact same, you know, it varies, but typically, uh, him and his songwriting partners, he calls out Tom and Scott, they would typically go away somewhere remotely to the barn or to cabins or wherever for a weekend, three, four days. And they would all kind of have some ideas and they would hammer out songs. They would essentially craft them. Um, basically finish them where it goes from there into the other guys of the band is what I'm not entirely sure. Right. Well, um, contrast that probably to how it was in the early days. Right. Right. When they all lived under the same roof, they probably would just get together and, and literally like, that's how King Gizzard does it now. Mm -hmm, they all live mm -hmm. in the same house. So mm -hmm. it's like a nonstop jam session with like seven dudes. Right. Yeah. This is before, you know, wives and, children and right this is like when we were kids instead of like running around tossing the football around these guys are all busy writing and playing their instruments yeah playing eight days a week right like it's yeah. it's whatever they could to and that reminds me of um the early days with dave like just gigging and gigging as much as they could practicing as much as they could and and you know be an interesting time uh to put that much into it still in in a world where let's be honest most bands never never make it to, you know, major stages or whatever else to risk it like they did. And I can't imagine that moment to make the decision, okay, we're doing this full time. This is what we're going to do. That's just, um, to me, to kind of think back to what that would have felt like is really, really interesting. I mean, but you don't, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, that's almost like a false dichotomy. So if, if I were to do this now, you know, I would, I wouldn't quit my day job, right? It would just be in my spare time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, but at some point, but at some point, in order for them to progress and to become the band they became, they had to make the decision, this is what we're going to do. Well, as a kid, it's more like, well, we're not doing anything, so let's just give her right now. Mm -hmm. Versus, hey, I'm going to have this career, and now I'm going to stop doing this in order to mm -hmm. do this. That's a much different jump. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what were they doing at the time in terms of work and jobs i don't know i don't think anything right because well just because there is a there's a line in bittersweet motel in the early part of the documentary where they say you know like when we decided to quit our jobs and do this full time and maybe that's what i'm kind of hooked on is that line somebody says it so i'm curious to know if they were you know if you go back to the trey documentary right there was i mean trey always he went to goddard to to study music, if I remember correctly, and I the, they were interviewing his dad. You know, right. his dad just wanted him to be able to teach music, so he had something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think at the time, it sounds like to me it was like I'm sure they had like I worked at the supermarket, right? Like that's what I'm wondering. That, you that's know, kind of what I'm thinking of. Something like that. So it wasn't like this, like probably massive commitment. I think it sounds more like, hey, we're broke and we're getting started, so. Why not be broke for another three more years to see if we can make this happen? Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Like, what would you do if when you're 
your son is 19 or 20 says that he wants to be in a band and go full time on it. How would you, I, I know it's years ahead and he hasn't gotten to that point in his life in terms of other options or whatever, but so, uh, as a parent, how would you handle something like that? So knowing think, that the debt is, I think what I would do is I would get him to understand that he needs to be able to supply for himself a basic living. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's smart ways to leverage um, stuff like that, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I would rather, I would rather my children be happy um, than anything else, you know, like when I, sure. when I think of like my, when I think of like parenting goals for myself, I want, and I, and I tell myself this, like, this is part of like the things that I think about on a daily basis is I want to have, um, you know, strong, independent, happy children. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? a, yeah. That's a common with us for sure. Yeah. As long as they're self-sufficient, I don't really care what they do, right? And 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 parading around like a bum who can't afford stuff or can't afford to eat, right? It's just not a productive. It's not a productive life, mm-hmm. you know. So like, move into the house with your bandmates by all means, right? Get a crappy basement apartment, live in an overrun part of town, but like, you know, be smart about it, but work your face off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, a, lot, a lot of people that like quit to go make it have zero work ethic. Like I'm, I'm thinking of the people that in my life, right. Who want to be yeah. an artist, right. Yeah. I'm like, well, where's the art you're supposed to be creating here. Right. And it reminds me of, and I think, I think we talked about this in the past about that line in rocket man with the, the, El, the Elton John movie. Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. Where, uh, where he says uh, the time of like writing songs and he says the guy that's writing songs in the band he's playing with, I want to do what you do. So, so if you want to be a songwriter, start writing songs. Like it's, it's epiphany, right? But it really is that simple. You want to be a writer, start writing. You want to be a podcaster, start podcasting. Whatever it is, start and get and get better at it and commit well, to it. Like let's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast, but like, here you go. We're doing it. So like at what, what, at what point, so here's the thing. So if we were to quit our jobs and okay. to do this full time, what the hell extra would we be having to do that we can't be doing right now? I don't need to quit my job to be a podcaster. I just have to use the spare time that I have. Stop wasting it with this fucking stupid thing, scrolling, <laughs> through, scrolling through pages of bullshit and actually get to work. There's more than enough time. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that can't see, he was holding up his phone. It was probably obvious, but yeah, that's uh, you're right. You know, that's uh and maybe one day we'll be there. Who knows? Wouldn't be such a bad thing. Or not. It doesn't matter. I'm having fun right now, right? It's just like music. Yeah. Same thing. Like I'm writing songs. I'm writing music right now. I don't care right. if anyone ever hears them. I want cool. to take a band and I want to have a good time. Send me some stuff. How's that going? How's the band coming along? It's great. It's just tough to get together to practice. Like you start yeah. to really like respect and understand, you know, like you, you know, like really good musicians. You're like, holy shit, this is a lot of hard work, man. Yeah. Um, I agree. And even in just my listening, you know, here and there, I'll go back to some stuff that I used to listen to, right? Like I, you know, I'll go back and listen to some Tom Petty or I'll go back and listen to Arkells or uh, whatever else. And it, it's, it's interesting to me how much more basic it sounds after listening to Fish as much as I do. Like, where are the drum rolls? Where are the changes in rhythm? Where is the, you don't hear that, you know, it's, uh, it isn't, it's cool. because it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's bad, right? It just no, not at all. Different. Yeah. Maybe not as complex or whatever you want to call it um what type of stuff are you guys playing like how would you describe it 
uh, pretty much classic rock and whatever weird stuff that I can, you know, that I can get them to, to try to practice. Like it's hard, you know, to be like, hey, let's, let's play heavy things, right? Yeah. Which is, a, you know, for me, it's a pretty, you know, it sounded like a reasonable song and the drummer's like, uh, I don't know about that one. Now it's tough because Fishman carries that song, right? And you realize you're like, oh, that's right. Right. It's yeah, not absolutely. learning a Tom Petty song, right? And that's mm-hmm. not, a, not a knock against Tom Petty. It's just, you get to understand like, you know, what it's like to play some of this music. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, fascinating stuff. I love it. You know, it's, cool beans. It's, and this is like a, sorry to interrupt, but this is like just a testament to how easy they make it look. So, you know, during the, during the CrossFit games, they did a, uh, they did a, so people, it's so funny. People look at the athletes from CrossFit and they're like, oh, no problem. I can do this stuff. And then you show up to workout and you literally get your ass handed to you. Yeah. Right, so there was like one workout that they did. It was it was called uh, Atalanta, I think, was one of the workouts. And like it started with like a mile run with a weighted vest, and then they had to do three hundred pull ups in a workout. 300. 300. After the mile long run in a yeah, oh my. and then after that it was like two hundred like handstand push ups, you know, and like it was it was so bad that the announcers are like, we need to caution everybody, not this. <laughs> unless you are an elite athlete, right? So right. they make sure. it look so easy. They make mm-hmm. you believe that you can do it. And, and mm-hmm. fish is so good at what they do. They make you believe that, that you can do it. So you show up and you're, you know, you're listening to this music and you're trying to put it together with three other guys and you're like, respect them. Yeah, yeah. And you're, and you're talking, what, dozens of hours in your case, right? <laughs> Versus, yeah, totally different. But hey, it's fun though, right? That's good. Amazing. That's the whole point, right? It's just, we're having fun right now. If the goal was yep. to sound like fish, you would be forever disappointed. Right. Right. And you guys are three piece right now. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Beans. Yep. Do you have a name yet? No, no. All right. Are you even actively trying to think of one or does it even matter? I don't even care about shit like that. Yeah. I just want to, I'm, I'm for me. But that's how I, bands end up with the name Dave Matthews band. because <laughs> They don't give a shit or think about it. Right? Yeah, I'm more interested in like, sounding better and how we're going to start playing yeah. in front of people yeah 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 work on the content right that's the stuff that really matters well the most important thing right like getting back to like um you know marketing and, and business principles and this applies to the podcast and you can see how important it is now the most important thing is to have an audience mm-hmm. right there's lots of fantastic bands that will never make it not because they're crappy or they couldn't make it they don't have an audience yeah yeah for sure Right, you need sure. people to play to that want to be your fans. Like you go onto Spotify, I can't remember how many songs, like it's ridiculous. I think like, like tens of thousands of songs get put up on Spotify every single day that nobody will hear. Right. Because there's no audience. Yeah. Right, but when Justin Bieber puts out a new song because he has a legion of fans, mm-hmm. right, same with Fish. Yep, yep, crazy. All right, man, well, I don't have anything else. I think it's uh, time to wrap her up. Um, cool. Have a happy new year. Uh, I will text. Yeah, I think I'll be watching live. Um, although I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we have something planned with the girls. So I might start it on delay a little bit. Um, although that might not line up with the chess thing that I'm watching online. I don't know. Mm. 
close to, uh, we have, plan we're not sure, we have plans to visit one of Rochelle's friends, but we're not sure yet if that's going to happen or not. So I might not even be able to watch at all. Okay. They can watch it on the first or another day. I'm actually off uh, for a week. I'm, I'm not back to work until Monday. Oh, very nice. Yeah. After the fire that uh, happened in the middle of my vacation. So I got it back. So I'm going to listen to some fish, watch some fish, eat some fish. <laughs> I think it's on the menu for this week too. Yeah. All good to go. All right, man. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, have a happy new year and we'll talk to you in 2021. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.